This is Everyday Photography Every Day, where you get to listen in on a chat between a photographer, that's me, and a regular human. That's me. With an eye on making your pictures amazing. No technical stuff, no talk of gear or software, just photography for the love of it. We're sponsored by Neomodern.com, bringing concierge photo printing and framing to everyone with a smartphone. I'm Suzanne Fritz Hansen, enthusiastic iPhone picture taker. And I'm Michael Rubin, photographer, founder of Neomodern, and grumpy old man, and we're in San Francisco tonight. Welcome. Uh, it's good to be here. It is good to be here. I'm gl- I'm so glad you're back in town. <laughs> I don't do well when you're gone. <laughs> well, I, I have to say, I mean, you've you've also taken some good ribbing over the past couple of days while I've been gone. So it's um, brutal. I mean, maybe that's part and parcel. So where wait, where were you? What did you do? I was in Madison, Wisconsin. I was there for business, and then got to add a little bit. I have very very close family friends that are there, so I was able to see them at the same time. Um, it would have been nice to actually stay an extra day, but I don't think you could have made it. And uh, yeah. just joking. Yeah. <laughs> I was texting you probably every day as I was g- approaching the You're end. You're like, of what that. about this? We can talk about this. Oh, gosh. Okay. Um, I hung out with my daughter. She's learning to drive. Oh, and goodness. So How I was, was that? It's fun and stressful. And terrifying. <laughs> Do you wish you had the, the brake pedal on the you know, passenger no, side? It, I, I get it. It's super cool <laughs> to have that. <clears throat> and I ha- and you can't look like you're holding on to the sides of the car because it very much upsets the driver. Oh, it does. My mother used to put her feet on the dashboard. <laughs> yeah, I, I felt that. I, I wanted to, but I didn't, <laughs> I didn't do that. But it was cool. And, you know, she's 16 and she's you know, she takes selfies, right? She does, yeah. she does teenage things with her phone. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, actually it, it begs a, maybe that's something to talk about. <clears throat> I was asking her what she takes pictures of all the time. And uh, I don't think she actually thinks about it as photography. Like, what I think she think about it as? I think she's thinking about it like texting. Like uh, it's a shorthand version of writing, hey, what's up? Or... Uh, her friends p- write and say, you know, what you doing? And the response is an image. But I would not say that response is a photograph. You know, the response mm. is an image. And sh- and kids today communicate with these images. And, you know, you and I actually, even when we're sitting here, we get kind of uh, harsh on people taking pictures of their food and picture- selfies and stuff like that. But I don't think the people who are doing that would think that they're doing photography. I don't I don't think that's how I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but I I think they're just communicating yeah, vi- with images and I, I don't think that's the same thing. I well, I actually I mean, I feel I know you just said kids today where I I feel like I'm not I'm not a kid, but I do feel like I I do sort of fall into that category. I think it's one of the things I suffer or I struggle with trying to take better pictures because I feel a lot of the pictures that I'm taking they're not meant to be um, memorialized. They're not meant to be kept forever. It's just this funny image that I, this funny thing that I saw that I want to share with my friends or I want to share with whoever. And it's, it's more of like a little story or a snapshot or a moment. And granted, I, if I do see you standing on your chair at a restaurant taking, you know, an aerial picture of your food, <laughs> I will laugh. I will, I will poke fun. I will take a picture of you doing that. And, and that would it. be a great, and that would be a funny <laughs> picture. That would be. But, um, but no, I mean, actually, I feel like I, I really kind of align with that. And, may, and that's one of my challenges for now that I'm trying to take better photos. I'm trying to learn the, I almost said the rules, but I know you don't like rules. But I'm trying to kind of like learn how to do that, how to get better. 
rather than it's just being visual communication. Right. And, and the work, and it is, first of all, we have to agree it's work to do that. Yeah. You have to decide you want to do it. Uh, so I'm taking a picture of that guy standing up, taking a picture of his food because it's funny. Right. I can do a quick shot and and the camera will adjust the exposure and it'll, it'll be fine for what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. But if I want that to be sort of a comment on society or right. I want to make it something that is better than that, I'm going to take a couple pictures. I'm going to think about what I want to see, what would be a good way to see it. I'm going to move around more. I, I might try it different ways, right? None of that is what the way kids and maybe <laughs> a lot of people think about it. Yeah. They're just, they got the picture. Mm-hmm. It, it captured the moment and it's fine. I mean, people could argue that that's photography, I suppose. I mean, I don't think I think about it as photography. I feel like photography does sound really... Is it pretentious? Is it just formal. quotes around it? No, I mean, I did just do air quotes. <laughs> I know that, I but know. Uh, I didn't mean to. I just It was more like, I don't think of it as this high art. And I think that for me, I really do enjoy photography. I really, um, I really respect it. So I would say when I'm doing that stupid shit like that, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not thinking of, uh, you know of a higher art. It's just like, it's a funny moment and I'm communicating it. But photography has always been a purposefully, like I said, populist. It's, it, it isn't supposed to be kind of high art, even when it's a, a really um, creative endeavor. Like we, we can acknowledge that to get good at it takes practice and to do a good picture usually takes work. Mm-hmm. Practice and work don't sound, you know, aren't easy so they're not what everyone's doing you can take a picture without practice and without work yeah but it, is photography all of that is it like everything from sticking your camera out the window of your car and just snapping a picture of something all the way to setting up a tripod and having a light meter like is it everything hmm. or are the thoughtless things of just the snapshots of the food and the stuff my daughter's doing is that a different thing does it need a different name well, that's an interesting question. Uh, I'm going to throw it back to you, though. I mean, I've, I've heard you say photogra- it's not photography until it's printed. Right. And so there's certain things that I would say if you take a photo with, you know, your arm out the window and it's a beautiful blur and you want that printed, I would say, yeah, you got lucky. That's that that's photography. That is, you know, beautiful. You've created a beautiful image. Recognize it's the recognition that I got a beautiful image and I'd yes. like to save that and it's good enough that it, it warrants lasting. Right. That's the threshold I, I, I feel like is the line that defines photography. It's mm-hmm. not that you took an image with an optical device. It's what you, what did you do with the image? If you if it's designed to be ephemeral, I'd say it's it's just visual communication. And if it's a conscious decision, for whatever reason, you did a lot of work or you got lucky, it doesn't matter. Yeah but you're going to save that, then it's photography. Yeah. You know, uh, you I feel know, like maybe we should have your daughter call in. <laughs> what What should we call this? <laughs> she just so wants to distance herself from what I'm doing, I think. <laughs> <laughs> She's 16. Come on. A true 16-year-old. You know, um, I saw this uh, article, um, and they had interviewed uh, the director of InVenders. Okay. And what did he? What film? Did um, he you know, it, he so he's known for a lot of cool films, uh, Wings of Desire, ah, okay. uh, Until the End of the World. Actually, he was working on the End of the World when I met him. Uh, funny story that. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> you know, back in my earlier days, I was um, I was a film editor. I was working on new technology, and I had just finished uh, doing a movie with Bernardo Bertolucci mm-hmm. called The Sheltering Sky, and we had edited in London. 
um, for many months using computers. This mm-hmm. was uh, 1990. Uh-huh. And um, when the film wrapped and we all had a party in Los Angeles mm-hmm. for, the, for the release, Vin Benders was there. It was, you know, kind of a hip thing. Um, <laughs> hip, you know, launch party in Los Angeles. I'm just going to meet Vin Benders. Yeah, you we know. were sitting around. And, like and, and Bertolucci kind of took me by the hand over to meet <laughs> Vinders, which was a, a, exciting in its own <laughs> in its own way. And, uh, and apparently um, Vinders was working on Until the End of the World, and he had, like, maybe a, his first cut was 20 hours long. Oh, boy. <laughs> and, and what Bertolucci was saying to him was that, hey, this kid um, knows how to do this stuff with a computer, and it could really help you cut your material back. I know you're having trouble in the post-production. You should use a computer to do it. Yeah. Um, he, he didn't actually call me, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. We had a, a nice evening sort of chatting about it. Um, and... Frankly, it's not my fault until the end of the world came in at like three hours. <laughs> so he never totally, totally got there. But it was an exciting moment. I've had a few kind of maybe some other podcasts. I'll go over some weird. I used to, you know, if you work in films, you bump into all kinds of sort of famous people. And it's as fun. you as you would imagine. That's yeah. great. <laughs> I can't wait to hear those other stories. Oh, yeah. There's some good ones. But uh, so anyway, the quote from um, from him uh from Vim. From Vim was that uh, he regards photography as a thing of the past. And so this is, I'm going to read what it said here. It said, it's not just the meaning of the image that has changed. The act of looking does not have the same meaning. Now it's about showing, sending, and maybe remembering. It's no longer essentially about the image. The image for me was always linked to the idea of uniqueness, to a frame and to a composition. You produced something that was in itself a singular moment. As such, it had a certain sacredness. That whole notion is gone. Hmm. So that's uh, Vendor's talking. Well, it's, it makes me unhappy to think that that I mean he's he's arguing that photography is 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 a thing of the past, and. I think, you know, as I read that, I keep wondering if he's responding to this sort of ephemeralization, you know, the sharing, the sharing and sending and the Instagramming and the Snapchatting and all that is cheapening, in a sense, the image. There's not they're all over the place. And so they don't have the same meaning Mm -hmm. because they're so ubiquitous, which is actually one of my arguments for printing. Mm hmm. You know, it is that printing that elevates it. I mean, I took a picture out the car window. Right. But, when, you know, if you look at all of the, the stuff, whether I worked really hard on taking them or I didn't, the printing elevates it. And maybe that's – he's not responding to that. He's not really thinking that – he just is assuming maybe that printing is gone and it's just all of these images and – Well, I think a lot of people aren't printing a lot of their images for, for a starter. So I think that there's definitely some truth to what he's saying. I would also – I mean, argue or counter with who he is and his chosen medium. I mean, he is a filmmaker. He's depending on the moving image. And so obviously a 20-hour film is asking a lot out of your audience. He did cut it to three. Okay, fair, fair, (laughs) definitely. Um, But I I mean, I'm thinking like this, this is also coming from a filmmaker. So as he's looking at film, for him, he's not, it's not the sort of the... The, the medium that he's chosen to continue his work in. He's telling longer stories. He's 20 hour, sorry, three mm-hmm. hour stories, mm-hmm. but he's telling longer stories that have more to it. I can't imagine someone standing in front of a photo hanging on a wall and standing there for three hours. It's, 
a lot. I mean, I think it's possible, but, but I mean, that's... but over time, you know, a great photo people return to for shorter periods of time, but over longer, over years and years, you keep returning to it. Maybe it ends up being three hours. Maybe, maybe but then you're seeing. I, I would argue that you're saying you're seeing something at different times of your life. You're bringing different stories to that photo, and you're probably seeing different things in that image. So you can stare at maybe the upper right hand corner where you're starting to see this. You know subplot but maybe the first time you walked up to it you really just focused on the you know the the, the main person in this sort of portrait element um i would i mean i, I think it's just it, it's, it's interesting coming from a filmmaker saying photography is dead yeah and and yet he's giving context of a lot of the contemporary examples of sharing and ephemeral and they're never those images are really never going anywhere they're just living in people's phones and the interwebs and then they sort of die but if you do print them then they become more of a it's you're committing to that image i mean the word he used and the word that i i like here was sacredness and you and and i think that we can we can imbue the images with sacredness by printing them nicely Mm -hmm. by caring about them And, and if and it is cheapening them to just have it quickly done and quickly shared and quickly forgotten um but, you know, it's probably a slippery slope if you go through history. I mean, early on, those guys were lugging tripods up mountains with glass plates, and it was super hard to take a picture. And I imagine they would look at a Leica and feel like, that's not photography. It's not no longer sacred. You just took a, 36 pictures. Right. And, <laughs> you know, and like anyone, people have brownie Kodak cameras and they're snap, snapshot. Oh, by the way, the, the term uh, snapshot. Uh-huh came about in those early days because people who took those pictures were snapshooters. It came from hunting where you hunt the hunting term was a snapshooter, someone who sh- fired without aiming. Oh, interesting. And uh that's what they were it was a, a pejorative term for people with their cameras where yeah. they would just kind of point their camera and take a picture and it was just a snapshot. That's hilarious. I didn't I love I love hearing about the history of words. That's fascinating. I think I didn't make that up. I think that's right. <laughs> think Sometimes that's I'm real. not always I'm not always sure, but my sense is I heard it yeah. and I'm repeating it, and I didn't just invent that. Um, I'm pretty sure that's what happened. So well, anyway, repeated quasi knowledge becomes true. If I'll you put it in it. Wikipedia now. There and it's, you go. It's fact. Exactly. <laughs> just keep updating that page. What I think is interesting about that is I feel when you talk about photography, you often kind of talk about like the sport of it and capturing that moment. And so I actually find that quite interesting that the uh, that the term actually sort of came from hunting. Yeah, I, I, my sister also called and, and pointed out. I mean, it, there's lots of connections. The hunting of shooting. Yeah. You shoot pictures. You shoot a gun. Mm-hmm. Um, and you hunt. And it, and it's a little bit like trophy hunting. Mm-hmm. People take pictures to as a trophy of something mm-hmm. in the, kind of the same way that hunters might have a trophy of something. Um, so that's that. It it. it, it it has that, it, and you choose the level of difficulty you want to have. Whether you want to go out with a submachine gun or a bow and arrow, it's mm-hmm. going to change the experience. And if you want to go out with a <clears throat> a big view camera with with, or a, even a film camera that has a couple exposures, you're setting these sort of constraints for yourself. Yeah, it's not just aesthetically how it looks. You're making it a little bit harder and working within those constraints, and all of those things make it. As special as it needs to be for you, like mm-hmm. it, you set your level of, of specialness. And for me, um, <clears throat> I don't choose to take pictures of just everyday stuff. 
but but the game for me is like, can I make it harder? Can I set some constraints? And what interesting thing can I do here? That's fun. I think everyone will find why they take pictures. Yeah. But I think if you're moving from sort of where you have been, where my daughter kind of is, where you just, just it's just communication mm-hmm. and realize that you if you put more into it, then there's more there for people to take out of it. Then they don't, then it's unsatisfying to have it viewed for 20 seconds or five seconds. Yeah, I worked on that and it just feels gross that someone glances at it. Yeah. Well, and I mean, to be fair, when I see the guy standing on his chair at Chipotle, um, <laughs> the, the picture is better than, you know, from the, the top view, it's very arranged. Uh, then he's working on someone it. just, you know, taking the, the, the burrito bowl. <laughs> picture from the table view. So, yes, he's working on it. You can see the appreciation. All right. Well, let's. I, I think uh, as a good rule, if you're going to get interested in photography a little more, it's like think about how to make it, what are the constraints you feel like working with and how are you going to make it a little more sacred? Are you going to put a little more into it so that there's more there for people? You know? So I disagree with them. Photography's not I dead. do. I hate to disagree with him. He's a, a super cool guy. And I'm, <laughs> and I'm very starstruck by, like, he was, <laughs> I got used to being with Bertolucci, but then he walked up and I was, that was very exciting <laughs> for me. I'll tell more starstruck stories. Uh, you're like uh, fanboy crush. I've totally, I just. Like, you're like, I wasn't such a conversationalist. I just kind of stared at him longingly. <laughs> I do that. I do that. Uh, well, everyone, thank you for listening. Our show is recorded and produced in San Francisco. For more information, photos, and show notes, go to www.neomodern.com forward slash podcast and please leave a review or ratings on itunes or whatever service you listen to us in on that is super super helpful to us yes and i want to thank jazz pianist mitchell foreman for our incredible theme music we appreciate all of your attention out there and hope we've given you some things to work on and maybe think about until next time